0: well we're officially past the unofficial start of summer so cheers to all of you for making those vacation plans you so desperately deserve but before you get distracted on your search for beachfront verbos come along on the ride to this week's top trends in retail and cg as always i'm your host matt marcotte joined again this week by alex drinker hello sorry hillstrom hi there celeste richardson hello and a special guest, but you just going to have to wait to find out who that is. Ooh, Ooh.
1: I like the intrigue.
0: I know, right? Me too. So who's going to start us off with this trend train? Oh, I, you know I, I would say I could go first, but give
2: my ADD. I think I would just derail the conversation.
0: Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh. All right. Listen, puns, puns, horrible puns. <laughs> they are just always coming from you, Alex, and we love that about you, I think. You're welcome. And since you just did that, we couldn't possibly let you go first. So, Sarah, I want to hand it over to you to take us away.
1: (laughs) That's what you get, Alex, for such a bad pun. (laughs) That's your
0: punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: All right. Can we get some applause on aisle five? Because it's Grocer's Time to Shine. Even as they're lapping the big numbers from last year, grocers are performing at an astonishing level. Costco, Target, and Walmart have posted results along headlines like, pandemic still booming, which I hope it's not, and growth better than expected. Mm. These retailers have figured out how to capitalize on the gains they made last year during the frenzied pandemic purchasing.
2: Yeah, I can't help to think, like, does this mean that they're just going to leave everyone else in the dust?
1: Mm, Good question, Alex. It's hard to say. Costco, Target, and Walmart might have found the recipe to the secret sauce, but it doesn't mean everybody will or that they won't. What we've seen is that consumers will keep their money with the retailers who serve up a great experience, but it's not too late for the others. They just have to reimagine their value prop to shoppers.
3: Get it? Yeah, (laughs) well, and CGs will wanna keep themselves close to those retailers who continue to succeed and do well.
1: Oh, absolutely. A lot of them have a mindset of win with the winners. So expect them to be more focused on driving growth in these key retailers. It might also allow them to reconsider how they spend their trade dollars. Are dollars better spent driving foot traffic or maybe engagement online? You know, honestly, only time and results are going to tell.
2: You know what? Speaking of time, you know what time and results have told us? I know you're all wondering. Uh,
3: I am. Please tell us.
2: (laughs) That despite the world turning to comfortable clothes, which I've done, Crocs, macaroni and cheese, during the (laughs) pandemic, people still want their luxury goods, which was a big surprise to me. The global market for luxury goods was estimated at $224 $224 billion for 2020, as mm-hmm. p- expected and projected to reach 296, or let's just call it 300 billion by 2026, growing at a CAGR of 4.8%. Wow. I mean, crazy, right? So Alex, what's with the growth? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, it's digital advancements, thankful for us, and increasing wealth of individuals, fluctuating currencies, changing market Strategies and really growing media influence are all contributing to the optimistic view. Wow, well, I said a lot. That I said was a lot. Maybe more than I had. So that was hard for me. Um, but why don't I boil it down to what's really important? While online sales are increasingly cannibalizing physical stores, brick and mortar sales are expected to continue being the dominant channel for experiencing luxury to its fullest. So, experience, luxury, I think we all get why.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. We all know there's this huge appetite for finding new ways to build authentic, personalized, and emotional relationships with customers, especially in the luxury market where that emotional attachment is so, so critical. And using technology to do that is really high on the priority list for brands around the
3: world. It's so true. Uh, But I actually zoned out for a minute because when you said appetite, do you know what I thought of? Oh, no. (laughs) Costco samples. Did you hear oh, that they're back?
0: Oh,
2: I th- Yay! I,
3: thought,
0: I, th- I really thought you were talking about birthday coupons.
2: Oh. I, I thought you were talking about. I was talking, so you zoned out. Which
3: <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: kidding. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback, everybody. Anyway, I, I sense we are moving to our third trend.
3: We are. We are. So uh, Sam's Club and Costco actually just announced that samples are coming back, which has a lot of people getting really excited. And it can really only mean one thing that in-store experiences are starting to look normal again. But I guess we should put air quotes around that, because what does normal even look like in a post pandemic world? So retailers are really, really thinking about how they ramp up on their digitally connected store experience and the services that they deliver to their customers to drive store traffic back to those pre-pandemic levels.
1: Mm, Super interesting. I think with this mixed mask on, mask off policy, I'm curious how samples work, but I am excited they're back. Good. I am too. Makes sense though with the focus on experiences because customers who shop in stores have a higher purchase intent and lead to higher AOV. It's pushing retailers to up the ante on their in-store experience when it comes to assortment, fulfillment options, and even services.
3: Yeah, that's right, Sarah, and really because digital has been so dominant, stores now need to almost over-index to be enticing and experiential, and that really looks different for every single retailer. We kind of talked about it a, a few minutes ago, but uh, for example, Restoration Hardware, they have this new Aspen location, and they are really having a full immersion into their brand. It features a guest house, spa, and restaurant. Hello, can we oh, go cool. to an offsite so, there?
0: Up, 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 <laughs> right, exactly.
3: Uh but you know other retailers, Target is leaning on their private labels and their iconic lifestyle brands that they offer uh, within their stores, Apple and Levi's, as well as introducing more shop and shops to stand out and differentiate against the competition, which really has been a winning formula for them. There is a lot to learn from these brands and retailers that we just talked about and i'm I'm really excited to see where this continues to go. <laughs>
0: Is that a siren,
2: or There's are you sick, in some serious distress? A sick animal. I,
0: I think it's quite clear that that is my siren noise to announce that we are having a special guest drop-in. I mean, I'm- that was something. <clears throat> yes, you're, you're, you're all welcome. And not only are <laughs> you, you're welcome, but we are welcoming Mr. James Murphy into the mix to
4: help deep dive us into the world of RFID. Welcome, Ooh. James. Hey y'all, pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. And it's certainly a topic that I'm passionate about RFID and its place in retail, or as I like to say, RFID FTW for the win. Ooh. Um, oh, you're going to fit in well here. So James, let's get to it. What's the scoop? All right. So here's a scoop. So the next evolution of omnichannel is going to require access to real time, accurate information. And none is more important than retail store stock availability. To meet the needs of these modern customers out there, retailers need fast and accurate inventory visibility to be able to fulfill an order when, how, and where they want. I mean, totally
0: agree, but this totally sounds expensive.
4: Well, you're not wrong. And although computer vision is coming on strong, it's extremely expensive to implement in the store. And that's where our old pal RFID comes into the equation. It's 25 plus years it's been knocking on the door and the time and the economics of it have finally arrived in retail, and it's a beautiful thing. Better it never.
1: Okay, James, I'm still pretty new here. What are you talking about? How does this work?
4: Yeah, surely. So um, RFID in its simplest form is a replacement of an item's price tag with a new, smarter tag that has a chip inside of it. And this chip broadcasts that item's unique identifier, or EPC, and then through the use of special readers, whether mobile handheld readers or overhead fixed mounted readers, retailers can essentially get a tally of every tag that is present in their retail store in the matter of seconds. And at an accuracy of 95% or higher, which is way higher than the industry average of 65 to
2: 75%. This wow. sounds like something in the simulation, just FYI. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then
4: they go back this, there. <laughs> yeah, they take this inventory accuracy and then that supercharges the omnichannel order management system so that it can do its Mm -hmm. job even better allowing retailers to truly sell down to the last unit and reduce their safety stock thresholds
0: okay so here's the 20 million dollar question can this go in any product for example celeste
4: self-checkout wine
3: (laughs) Uh oh (laughs) picking on me that's a great question i'm just
4: watching out for you celeste i'm just saying (laughs) Yeah, yes. You know, inquiring minds want to know um, exactly. why. Yes, and more and more manufacturers are incorporating tags of all types at source right. in the factory today, from sewn-in denim inlays that are machine washable, to stickers and hang tags that are recyclable, and some that are even microwavable. Mm-hmm. Celeste, I'm not sure about ingestible yet, but that might be coming okay. true. Keep me but, posted. Yeah. So, drinkable is the but it's great because then once those items are tagged, they can be traced with all this IoT connected devices out there throughout the entire supply chain. You can track the flow of that product from the factory to the DC to the store and beyond. And it just empowers replenishment, allocation, stock balancing, demand forecasting, and the overall customer experience in the end. So it's pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm Very cool. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure none of us can wait to see how this helps transform the industry. And you know what, James, super interesting. Thank you so much for being our special guest today. And thank you for educating all of us on RFID. And to all of you guys, thank you for breaking down our top trends this week. As always, I know all 14 of our listeners, we've added two since last week, um, appreciate it as well. As far as the rest of this week issue goes, with Goodreads, you're going to learn more about how grocers invested to get ahead, how CVS is expanding its private labels, what Macy's and Nordstrom's are up to in order to stay relevant post-pandemic, and the global shortages that are becoming such a pain in the beep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've said so much. I can barely handle your foul language or lack I thereof. Re-
0: I would what you call self-censoring. Thank you very much. Um, and before we go, of course, we've got to talk about something that sparks joy. But this week, it's in a really annoying and kind of terrible sort of way. So with that, <laughs> Celeste, take it away.
3: Wow, what a setup. Well, I don't know if any of you guys have trouble getting out of bed at a reasonable hour in the morning. Uh, If you do, then you might want to invest in this alarm clock that actually rolls to get you out of bed. So Clocky the Alarm Clock on Wheels will have you instantly missing the snooze button on your phone alarm, but the morning production is guaranteed. It's going to be pretty comical because this won't let you go back to bed. It has a loud alarm, the ability to roll, jump, and unexpectedly change directions so that you don't have any choice but to be a morning person. Nothing so, like starting the day with a frantic jog around your room.
0: This <laughs> sounds honestly so miserable. Oh my God, totally. But I mean, listen, Alex, you are a runner after all, so maybe this is totally up your alley. I mean,
2: that's fair, but I like to run on my own time and not when I have to jog after a jerk alarm clock that won't be <laughs> sleep in an extra five minutes.
0: I mean, I am definitely not signing up for this, I'll tell you that much, yeah. but on that note, Thank you all for joining us in yet another edition of the What's What. We'll see you all next week. I can't believe someone would pay for that.
2: I I can't just stop. I can't stop thinking about it. Alex, (laughs) let it go. Just let it go. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.